Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 240. Wow. Uh, June 17th, 2020. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Klingspor, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Levi Hogue, and I guess I guess Keith Decent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. A clarion call, clear as a bell. What are we working on? Bill Lutz, the $25,000 question. Okay, now you're just rubbing it in and being mean. I wasn't mean to you. I'm not rubbing anything. years to make a table, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I was still doing stuff in between. Well, I am too, but it's just not actually making things in my garage. Uh, I have, oh. the dads are moving, and I've been helping getting rid of some of their stuff. Their, so they got their San Francisco house. They are they're shipping stuff to Galena, Illinois, and driving stuff down to Palm Springs. So um, we are getting some of their stuff, which is awesome because I love getting free stuff, especially stuff that's better than anything I have. So we got their bedroom set because the houses they already have already have bedroom sets. So Casey and I went over there and we picked up this king-size bedroom set. It's really, really super sweet. And then we happened to be in the kitchen and I have been coveting. Here's a part where people are going to maybe think I'm a little weird. I have been coveting. Bob has that he got from his mom who got it from her mother, parts of it. Fiesta wear. I don't know if you know what Fiesta oh, wear is. Oh yeah, Fiesta wear is no. like a, it's, it's like, like the a, real stuff. A, 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 yeah, yeah. All, it's all real and it's the entire collection. And that's I'm a, getting that's it. And I'm valuable just, and beautiful. It's, well, it's amazing because I've known them now for sixteen plus years, and every amazing meal I've ever had has been served on this Fiesta wear. So yeah. this is now going to me. Google it. I'm feel free to tell us what that is. So yeah. Fiesta wear is just, it's a dinner plates and stuff and cups and bowls and whatnot, but it's just a specific style. Um, Maybe like a, a Spanish, like New Mexico terracotta, weird colors, like all solid colors, like a, a blue and an orange, beautiful and a bright colors. Terracotta. It's yeah. almost like it's almost it is to dishware what like the Eames chair is to furniture. It's like this just this mid century like iconic thing. It's just and they it's still make it today, stuff. but they've been around for probably a oh, hundred years. Yeah, and you've okay, probably seen it. it before. Yeah, he's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Google. I'm very excited about that. And then, then of course, one other exciting thing. So Bob has Bob's a, a, an only child. So he got a few things from some aunts and uncles. One of his uncle 100 years ago, because Bob's like a dinosaur, um, gave him a... He was in the military. He was in the cavalry. And he gave Bob, who's never shot this rifle, it's a 1922 Winchester lever-action rifle. So like a oh, John Wayne wow. rifle. rifle. Yeah. Like the rifleman, right? I always and thought so that was it cool. Has, it's he's never shot it. He's he's like I, you know, are you sure you want this? And you can't get rid of it. No, I'm gonna because it needs to be torn apart. It's like gonna be a resto type deal. It needs mm. to be torn Good apart, video. And cleaned. I might, I might make a video out of that. It just needs to be cleaned up. But it's probably never been shot in 60, 70 years, and it's from 1922. It's like an almost a hundred year old gun. 
Wow. Like, so it I'm, is 100. What, what yeah. are we, shy with two years? I'll round you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's 100 year old. awesome. I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm so giddy with myself right now that to have this. First of all, it's absolute. So Aspen is getting Fiesta wear and a rifle when I die, basically. But wow. She's just going to look around and go, He's How a weird do I dude, make my out? dad. <laughs> yeah. How do I make He's out? He's a weird so dude, my Am dad. I supposed to use these together? No. <laughs> <laughs> Pull. Pour me some cereal. <laughs> so anyway, so so Phil, what am I? What am I up to? Uh, that's that's what I'm up to. And then this, I'm really sore because we uh, just moving a lot of big furniture and helping those guys out. I still have a more stuff to do to help them, but so that's what I've been doing. So I've been busy. Just not been busy mm-hmm. in my garage, but I love your idea. I will make a video of tearing apart this rifle and crazy. You're gonna get it. That's gonna go viral. Hundred like hundred year old gun restoration. Jeez. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know about electrolysis. You could do all kinds of stuff. Well, the end, very end of the barrel is a little bit rusty right at the end where the bullet comes out. So I'm thinking, yeah. okay, how do I do? I hang this from something and then tie a little cup of salt and vinegar or vinegar. To get that rust off real quick, because that's the only part of the gun that's got rusty. But although the bluing, the finish is all kind of worn off and patinaed beautifully, yeah. it's just oh, it's going to be so nice when I get that. You oh. know, how do you inspect the inside of the barrel? Do you have like one of those cameras <clears throat> that go inside? You don't have to really inspect it. I'm just going to look through it and make sure it doesn't and clean it. It needs a cleaning, is what it needs more than anything. And so you can okay. the very tip can, of it where the rust is. You need to get it off. Yeah, and you could fire with like um, like low. You can make little bullet, like just a little bit of gunpowder to test fires and stuff, right? Can't you do that, like before you, you just can. go? You can. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to. A, I know a few people at my local gun stores, uh, a couple gunsmiths. And well, they have the machine, but I think they have the, the setup where you can put it behind the plexiglass and pull it with a rope or whatever. I don't think you need to do that. I, what I'm yeah. saying is, is that this rifle is just the, the design of it is so amazing. So they've made over seven million of these rifles since its inception in 1894. Right, because it's just that good. I think as long as it's clean and the action is working properly, um, there's no reason why it wouldn't fire. And if yeah, it, if, right. it, if you do shoot it, it's not one of those things that where it's going to blow up and your face is going to fall off. If you shoot it and something goes wrong, it's just going to break. Is what's going to happen. So, yeah. But I, I'm going to talk to somebody. It's a thirty thirty, so it's like one of the most venerable hunting rifles ever. So it's a, it's not like a. a like the guys that can shoot like an elephant at a million yards with a scope, it's not that caliber, but it's more than a handgun. So it's a it's a thirty thirty. It's like what every kid who's ever gone deer hunting has shot a deer with a thirty thirty. Okay. Hmm. So, um, this, as far as the rust goes, like there's that evapo rust stuff, um, which is like a liquid that you could soak it in. But I have, and I can, I'll try to remember. They mailed it to me to try. It's like a gel that was made Ooh. by a different company. And that would be the perfect thing for you to do because you can actually brush it on in just the areas that you want to put it on. You let, and, and then you like wrap it. it in like a plastic bag or something, and it just sort of keep right. the air in and let it sit overnight. That yeah, might be perfect. Yeah, because it's just like tip. maybe a, a one inch tip yeah. of the, the barrel, basically. It's probably, it's probably sit do. in the basement and got wet once or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the tip, yeah, just. The tip. <laughs> but uh, I'll um I'll I'll shoot you a picture of uh of the label. The uh, name of it. I have it in my shop somewhere. I'd mail it to you, but yeah. it costs more to mail than to buy, you know. So, no, no that's good. That's good. So anyway, that's that's what I've been up to. Just busy help, help, helping helping my family and friends to do things that they can't do by themselves. Phil, that's what I'm doing. How about you? Total, what are you doing? Total. What's going on with total, you? Total. Total cop out. Uh, I'm gonna ignore that you just <laughs> sent it to me and send it back to Tim. <laughs> Tim, what are you working on? <laughs> That was a weird exchange. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think Bill's in a weird mood tonight. You think? You think? 
Um, so what am I up to? I just I just put out a video of the 400 year old guitar. Um, it's <laughs> which is funny. Um, the uh, I'm I'm laughing at my comment to you in the video. That's why I'm laughing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something about noticing a bunch of tools. What? Yeah. No, that was it. So Tim like did this whole incredible video with a, making a guitar out of 400 year old wood. And I just wrote him some smart-ass thing. I wrote something like, hey, yeah, I guess it's nice or whatever, but is it even tone wood? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. I just thought it, it just, sounded funny. He just knows it's the right way to troll a guitar maker. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but um, it was interesting is that, you know, I'd gotten the wood from my, my buddy Joe, and he told me the whole history of it being, you know, from a, a Tudor-era building that was dismantled and then you know rebuilt and then dismantled again so i asked him i was like well i'd like to send my the customer along this information and i knew he had some documentation of it somewhere so i asked him to send it to me sent me a bunch of photos of the house uh and including photos he took in the demolition but also photos from his heyday um and all these like papers from like these letters that were written in the 50s of people trying to track down this wood and um there's a chance that because there's some question about it, but some of the rooms in that house, it was like a mansion, you know, some of the rooms in that house were built with wood from a monastery, the monastery, which was built in 1375 originally. And, and so there's, wow. there's a chance that this wood is actually more like 700 years old, which is just insane to think about. Yeah. This is like, I mean, this is like, that's like dark ages. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, that, we, that, I just get excited cool. thinking about yeah. that stuff. Um, I think you should get it carbon dated. I, you know, I have more of it. I probably could. Uh, I don't know how much that costs or where I would go for that. Is Walmart? Is there a booth there? <laughs> yeah, no, Walmart. Uh, yeah, Walmart in uh, in Hartford has uh, a radio carbon dating yeah. equipment. There. I, yeah, I like, bet you there's somewhere that you could probably mail a little piece of that with a yeah. X amount of dollars. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. for sure. It's like uh, it's like the film counter, the one hour film developing. <laughs> going. Okay, so, That's right. so I got a, I got a question yeah. about the guitar. Sure, uh, I haven't watched the video yet, and I certainly will. Well, maybe you the, should watch the, the video before you start asking questions, young man. <laughs> nah, I noticed that, that you showed stupid. the picture of it. The pickups are sticking up way high. What's up with that? They're not. They're not way high. It looks like that they, normally where they'd be set into the body of the guitar, you've got them because I know you can adjust them a little bit, but the the what I saw online makes it look like they're like almost touching the strings. Yeah, that's uh, they are. That's where you in, want them. In depth in the video. Um, I mean, you you want them to be pretty pretty close to the strings, like, but not touch the strings. Obviously, that should should get more volume and and right. um, and whatnot. So well, I know that the particular the P ninety pickups that that my buddy Rob makes at Gemini. I personally don't like them to have cases around the edge. I like leaving them just sort of open. I like the simplicity of it. And so what that means is when it is up, it does look like, because you can kind of see behind the curtain, you can see the wires and the wraps in there. Right, that's what Whereas I'm saying. It just looks it, like they're up normally, uh, abnormally high. If it had a case on it, it wouldn't look that way. Okay, I got look, you. It would look normal, you know, but um, no, the, the, that particular guitar, the the neck is, um, is I mean, it's set in normal to maybe even a little bit lower than I normally would. So they're they're just kind of about where they always are. But yeah, it is just sort of a thing about that style of pickups without the case on it. You know, you do see that. I like that personally, but you know. No, I didn't say it looked bad. It just it looked different. Yeah. yeah. What's that? What's that diamond stuff that you used for that black material for the frets? Oh, okay. So that is uh, excellent question. That is because uh, it's very fast. rich, rich light. And it's a basically a micarta type product, but they um, oh. 
they it's like it's fake ebony right but that particular company there's there's a company in england that does something similar called rock light i don't know which one came first but rich light has actually been making micarta type products for a long time and they they are interested in sustainability and eco-friendly materials and the epoxies and stuff they use so it's actually a pretty eco-friendly material and it's it's uh, engineered so it's perfect it doesn't swell and contract and stuff and some people hate it because well they're like the tone wood guys like your comment like they you know they're like oh well, this but i i've made a couple instruments with it i bought two pieces one for this guitar and then one for my my um electric people video which will be coming soon we're just um she wanted to spend some time playing it and adjusting it and getting used to it before recording some audio with it and then she just sent me a little like 20 second clip of her playing it and it's amazing <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> um but uh but so i made hers out of the same material um and i i love this stuff and i've been writing the company i like i want to see if i can kind of strike some deal with them like hey listen i will show your label in every video i make from now until sunday if you just send me a bunch of these you know and i'll just make it like part of my because what i love like someone commented in the video too about it like they're like oh you lost me with the rich light you know you have all this beautiful little wood then you put that new plastic garbage on there and i was like no that's exactly the point that's what makes it cooler is like that it's that mix of this old old ancient wood and this brand new state-of-the-art eco-friendly technology to me that's just it doesn't get any better than that you know they don't know about chauffeur i i wrote that those two words in there oh you wrote that oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. i didn't yeah, know you did that yeah, yeah that's my thing so you know? what's the substrate used in rich light what is <sighs> i mean my card is epoxy and something what's the it's something? A paper of some sort i believe uh i don't remember it's been a huh. while since i read the site but i think it's just like it's like basic micarta it's mdf Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But it's like a, it's like really dense, and they they make uh, they make they make products for like in, like engineered uh, building materials and stuff in a similar fashion. And it's I mean it's hard as a rock. It's it's pretty cool stuff. It stinks when you cut it, but but um, it's hmm. it's just like it's I don't know, I I really like it. I think it's a nice fingerboard material, and I love that chauffeur, like you said. Um, what else is going on? Uh, I'm, I'm making a sign. I was going to film it, and then I decided not to because I just kind of wanted to make it. I think it would have made a great video, but mm -hmm. I decided not to. But I'll take pictures, of course, when it's done. I'm making a sign for my buddy who has a... Um, I don't think he listens to this podcast. It's a surprise, but I'm sure he doesn't listen to this, so I'll tell you. It's uh, He has an all-tape analog recording studio. He He's had it out of his home for years, and he just it's recently... I've talked about him. Yeah, I've talked about him before. And uh, he just recently, he's renting a few thousand square feet in this town uh, I used to live in. We both used to live there. Um, and he's, it's beautiful. Like, I've just, it's Red Room Sound Studio if you want to follow him on Instagram. Just seeing all these pictures. And uh, he, he looks like he walked out of the 70s. He always looked like he walked out of the 70s. And it, it, every once in a while, it's cool, and then it's not, and then it's cool again in his life, you know. Right. It's funny because he's just like, this, this is just who Mike is. We've been friends since uh, I met him when we were 12 years old. Um, so we've been friends for 35 years. Um, we've played in bands together. We've, you know, done all sorts of stuff together. And I'm super excited for him on this venture because it's always been this progression of his of building this collection of analog equipment and vintage equipment. And he's got this amazing setup. It's like seriously like walking into 1978. You expect to see Michael McDonald in the sound booth when you walk in, you know, this place. <laughs> and um, it's just incredible, you know. And uh, I'm so, so proud and excited about it. So I've been talking with his wife about making a sign for him. Uh, to put in there um, and uh, I've been working on that and it's it's coming out pretty cool it's eight feet long by uh, 30 inches high and so what it, that's the the backboard that it's on it's gonna be a French cleat and I painted that to match his wall so it blends into this sort of signature red colors painted everything and then I cut out uh, his red room sound studio out of a uh, holocore door 
and I've got some of it floating on it. Uh, out of like you know, I put risers under it, like the the big ones, and then I've got the smaller Ward Sound Studio. I did like a like a sound wave shape, and I, I created this whole logo, and I did that all flat on cool. it. Then I put two reel to reel tape player reels. I spray painted them gold, and I put one on either side. And then the two O's in the word room are big film reels because they're like bigger. They're like 15 inch in diameter. Uh, so I just got these two plastic film reels. I spray painted those gold, and I got these two very slow turning motors from uh, China. It took me here. like a month to get. And uh, so I'm rigging something up uh, to make them so they just slowly spin when you flip a switch. They'll just like spin. So the O's will be spinning, you know. So I'm, they got to be small, <laughs> small little motors, I would imagine. Yeah, they're just these little tiny. They're like two bucks. I got them right, right out of China on eBay. They're like these two little motors, about two bucks each, and they turn. As like, you were describing it, what what came to mind was, um, and you've seen them, Phil's maybe seen them um, at Christmas time before they had all the lights. You got the one projector thing that you sat in front of the tree, right? And it would slowly turn the red, green, yellow, the little yeah. film wheel, slowly. Yeah, I was gonna, I was it gonna take just, apart. It would reflect the tinsel on your tree. Yeah, no, exactly. It's about that speed, that like sort of one revolution, or like probably like thirty yeah. revolutions a minute. You know, just super slow. Um, yeah. I, f- I forget what the specs were. Uh, so I'm hoping that'll all work right. If like the two little reels, they're just on screws, and I put washers behind them so you can actually spin them if you want. And I left the tape on those, and I glued the tape in place so there's like tape hanging down, but it won't unravel, so you can spin them. So so it'll go. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Against because then I, I built a lip across the bottom that I raised out a little bit and then uh, hid with it's all plywood, you know. But then I hid the edges with a uh, hollow core door and I've raised it up a little bit above. So there's a little lip on the bottom and I have four LED lights that are off a remote control. So they sort of uplight the letters that are kind of hidden behind there. And then I got a little That's switch fun, in the corner dude. that'll fun. turn the you motors gotta, you on. You got to show some pictures at least. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I want to see this. Yeah, now. it's gonna hang on a French cleat. Um, I'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, actually, <laughs> here I can show you. I have a I have a picture on my phone. We'll do the we'll do the uh, the Bill Lutz. We'll do the. So this is this is it kind of set up. It's uh, oh, there's a camera right there, so you can s- kind of give you an idea. Oh, oh that's clever. cool. Yeah, Tim, it's eight feet long, right? Cool. <laughs> so yeah. I, I still don't have the the motors in. I got to wire that and get that running. It's gonna be a nine volt battery out to hide somewhere, but make it somewhere so it doesn't take the sign off to change the battery. You know what I mean? So that's why right, I put right. that lip across the bottom to kind of hide some stuff. Um, so it's just well, a you little know, pet I, project. Um, I've been finding for uh, the cigar box guitars, they have the little nine volt battery cups that you can actually buy that just stick on the outside and it's got a little cover for it. CB Giddy has those for like a buck. Oh, cool. I'll check so, that out because I 3D yeah. printed one for when I made that guitar. Uh, with the all the lights on it, the the Fallout guitar, uh, right. that had a, and I, I 3D printed a clip, and it was kind of like that plastic just doesn't bend good. So the little tabs that were supposed to bend just like snapped instantly. But it right, still worked right, right. for the guitar. I could just put it in the box, and but um, because I just I don't have the right plastic in my machine, you know. But um, yeah, that's I bought a whole bunch of clips and stuff because I you know I do stuff like this now and then. But I, that's the one thing I don't have is a little box. I'll check that out. Um, I guess I could stop there. <laughs> well, you wanna? Yeah, I mean, do whatever you got to do, man. No, I'm good. I'm good. That's we're here for yeah. you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, um, last week I was talking about making this little lap desk so that I could uh, play Minecraft with my son in the same room, and I talked about this table leaf uh, that I found that was veneered on top with oak, and underneath was maple. Well, 
as it turns out, <clears throat> I was wrong because I cut into it. And as it turned out, it's uh, it's chipboard yeah. and it's veneered on top with with uh, oak <laughs> and veneered with maple underneath. <laughs> so um, I'm still I'm still using it, but I've had to edge band all four sides now, yeah. which is pretty annoying. But I had oak, I had like a an old um, oak trim that uh, my neighbor took apart his whole stair stair railing several years ago, and I kept some of the balusters, some of the spindles. And some of the trim that he had. So one the the uh, the edge where I will be sort of putting my hands for the keyboard, that's a thicker, bigger piece of oak, and then the rest is like old school reclaimed uh, oak that I have that has cool nail holes in it and stuff. And uh, and then I'll I, I have it all glued up now. I just haven't done the trim thing because I've got to make it all flush. And then I'll sand the whole thing down and stain it. I've got some uh, some black gel stain that I want to use for the whole thing. And at the same time, I was um, work as I was waiting for the leg, the glue to dry. I decided to make the legs the most complicated way I could think of, <laughs> uh, because I'm looking at sort of I wanted to make them like inch and a quarter by inch and a quarter, um, just sort of O's, not O's, but I mean you know what I mean, like just squares. Just say squares for two sides, the thing would be super rigid, right? And I'm, I don't have anything that thick. So it's all glue up. So what I decided to do was like to do fake half laps. So I've got like a three quarter inch stock and I, I cut it into whatever inch and a half or I guess inch and a quarter strips. And then I'm doing them as, as overlapping and then I'll nail them in place. Anyways, I was scrounging to find enough material to get this done. It's still sitting on the workbench, but I'll finish it up maybe this week. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I put up a new light fixture in the backyard. Actually, we did this whole thing where, um, listen, we're not going anywhere all summer, right? So we're turning our backyard into some kind of vacation destination. So I think I talked last week about the fire table that we yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so that's been pretty cool. But then we bought, like, uh, so everything's on sale, right, at Canadian Tire all summer long. So we got, like, this little um, couch set. But it's basically aluminum with uh, with thin cushions that you can bring into the house if it starts to rain. So I made like, we got a love seat and two chairs, a couple of end tables. This whole little thing surrounds the fire table. And we used it last night for the first time and it was real cool. Um, we ordered these string lights, like these very, it's basically just copper strand and every five or six inches, there's a tiny little mm -hmm. um, embedded in epoxy LED. So the whole thing's weatherproof. And so I wrapped that around my banister the whole way around the, uh, the deck. So that's plugged in. Um, like I said, I replaced the light fixture in the back because it was like this original to the house 1982 single bulb <laughs> encased in this glass cube that actually dimmed the light uh, to now like this modern dust to dawn fixture that's LED and two heads and you can point it. Um, and I replaced about uh, seven or eight irrigation heads in the sprinkler system. That system also is original to the house. It's actually, if you've ever seen the movie War Games, like whenever I open up the panel to make adjustments to my sprinklers, that's what it's like. This old school, old school like LED like um, interface, right? With these like awful membrane buttons, but the display is like an alarm clock from like 1978. It's hysterical. <laughs> war games. So like, like, shall we play a game? That war game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Yeah, exactly. So every time we go down there, my wife's like, well, why don't you just splurge and get, like, one of these cool new Wi-Fi things? Like, you could just mess with the irrigation on your phone and all that stuff. I was like, are you kidding me? Do you know how cool this is? 
Yeah. Yes, I have to run downstairs to the furnace room every time I want to run a test on the sprinklers. But, like, you can't get this. This is cool. Um, so I'm keeping that, obviously. Um, but, see, I had to, like, I put on my put on my Carolinas, put on my, put on my mud gloves, which are gardening gloves, but because the irrigation's running, everything around it is mud. mud yeah. um, I used my wheelbarrow and my shovels and all this stuff. It was, uh, I love it. Um, my neighbors make fun of me, but screw those guys. I, I like that you kept the you're keeping the original thing. Like my my um my wife's friend, like they bought this house like ten years ago, or whatever, and you know, and it's like this really cool property. And they were giving us a tour when they bought, like, oh, we already did the kitchen, this and that. Like, but you got to see this bathroom. They walk into this the master bathroom, and it was like straight out of 1940. Like the tile yeah. wall, ceiling, floor, sink, t- everything was tile. It was all like this horrible pink color, right? But it was immaculate. And it was like clean. Okay. It was a museum. And she was like, "Yeah, we're gonna knock this all out and modernize." I was like, "No." I was like, "Don't." I was like, "Don't you realize how cool this is? Like, like this will be gone forever, you know? Like, yeah. if you got it and it works, like keep it." But of course, they didn't, you know. But uh, it's like you know. I think that only works if it's cool and tasteful, right? So like, my master bathroom, like our ensuite, um, it's it looks like Studio Fifty Four. It's all black tile. And like brass highlights, and like all the fixtures are yeah. golden brass, and like the knobs are whatever, like plastic yeah, I mean, crystal. There's a difference like between and yellow and retro gross. and dated, right? Yeah, yeah. no, this is but awful. but the problem with the dated becomes retro. <laughs> you just got to get through no, the dated. Era. Never some stuff, back. some stuff doesn't come back. Some yeah, stuff no, is right. just yeah. a mistake. It's like it was a phase, yeah. like like you know uh, Oscar the Grouch green two inch shag carpet. There's no reason for that ever. Yeah, now a right. rug that's fun to, that you lay down on that's that big old thick shag. But when you walk into a house and it's got that shag, from you know it's just gross. 70, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if it's clean, yeah. it's so matted it's down. Gross. It's like, how many generations Wait. of ooh is in there? <laughs> that can't be cleaned. That was the thing nobody thought of. Like you can't really clean shag no. that well because there's no. too many places for dirt to hide and get stuck. Anyways, yeah. um, I'm just trying to think if I did anything else. The lighting, the room. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. Um, sure, because we're here for you, Phil. Yeah, we're here oh, for you. Oh, meanwhile, I get three minutes. This guy with his guitars for 22 minutes is talking to me now. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think, Phil, you should make up for this. I think the buildup to this topic should be incredible. Yeah. So take your time. Make it a story. Make it – what were you doing? What What were you doing that moment when this topic came into your mind? You know, the family, well, you know, did Jake skin his knee? And you were like, come here, son. And at the same time, you know, make something up good. You can lie. It's okay. But, make but keep it in mind, we only got amazing. 20 minutes for the topic. <laughs> so. Right. It's funny you said that Jake did skin his knee today. Uh, but oh. he's fine. He's tough. Well, he's, a, he's a boy. That's what they do. He's it's fine. It's fine. Um, that was sexist, but that's fine. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, take, so. I take that back. <laughs> he's a child. That's what they do. <laughs> You're right, because my daughter does the same thing. Yeah. Um, Actually, I, uh, I skinned my shin because I told we got a new bed set from the dads. It's one of those king size that has the the edge band, not edge, but uh, like a little shelf around the the, the mattress. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have that on our old set, so I only ran into it about six times since we got it yesterday. So one of my shins is actually scabbed over, tore up, and pretty pretty bruised. But go ahead, Phil, with your story. Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I was I was listening to your. Um, so my headspace at the time was, um, you know, just sort of checking out my emails at the time. And uh, and I was thinking, you know, I haven't seen one of Tim's videos in a while. I should probably check it out because we are good friends and I want to make sure that I support him properly. And I was thinking, I don't, I don't do that as often as I should for my friends. 
so I was, you know, a little down on myself, and um, and I thought, you know what? Enough with the pity. Get on YouTube, check out what he's been up to, and just just watch his insufferable video, and then <laughs> and then give it some kind of a you know a delicious comment as you are wont to do, which is what I did. I watched his video. It was whatever. It was fine. And then I obviously put in a hysterical um, comment. And as I was watching this ridiculous thing, I was thinking to myself, he has way more tools than I thought he did. He's, he's, he's really, really outfitted. And, uh, and he complains a lot. Um, but he really has some serious, <laughs> serious capability. And I was thinking, uh, what would I do? Someone's feeling the I elephant's tusks the- over here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all that uh, silliness behind me. I was thinking, you know, like, I would love some of these tools. Specifically, uh, you know, I saw you had the drum center. I was like, oh, I forgot he had a drum center. I was like, so that's a great tool. I'd love to have that. But honestly, where the hell would I put that? And same thing with, like, your deluxe planer. I was like, yes, I basically never use my planer because those lunchbox things are incredibly loud. And I tend to do my woodworking at night. um, And I'll use it for two minutes and my wife will come down. She'll go, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I almost never use it unless I'm working on a project and, you know, I've got the requisition forms filled out in advance. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, so it got me thinking, like, if I had more space, which one of these things would I put in my shop? And I figured Bill has similar size, maybe a little bit bigger than me, actually, because he's got the whole garage. Uh, but also, you know, we find a way to fill these things up. So what would I add if I had more space? And I was thinking, God, Tim's got like eleven or 12,000 square feet. What would he – he'd have to do the opposite. Like, if he had to move into something that I had, like, what's what are the things that he'd have to get rid of? Anyway, so I was thinking more or less, and uh, and that was the topic. So I, I, you know, I texted the boys here, and I was like, uh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And they were like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I like it. So why don't you start, Phil, since you're setting this up? What would be yeah. – so you just picked up – and this is where I was going to get a little pedantic. Is like, well, let's, let's set, like, a – because, I mean, we could obviously go up to 10,000 square feet. We can go down to 200 square feet. Let's set a parameter, right? So I'm currently I think double, yeah. So I think you got we got to go double and you got to go half. Okay, you double, I go in half. But I'm gonna say half. Like I don't really have eleven thousand square feet because a lot of it's unusable. So oh, here he goes. Here he goes. He's starting. Oh, I, I, made that up. I, don't I don't really have the eleven thousand yeah. square feet. That it's probably nine thousand. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but um. So do you, the you, light switches take up a certain amount of room, you know. And uh, did you see how thick those things are? But yeah. <laughs> but no. Like, do you want to talk? Um, my shop and my storage, or just my shop? Do I keep my storage? I guess just shop because we're just talking tool area, right? Okay, so well, 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 well what's in your storage? Uh, tools. Stores. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. The, well, the, the tools that are in my storage would be the first ones to go. I can tell you that. <laughs> but so, it, let, let if they're not in your shop, then you clearly don't use them necessarily, well, or I do, but they're just the ones that don't get used often. Well, let's you know. let's make it easier for you, Tim. I, th- I think you're backpedaling and you're doing a great well, job. I want, I'm going to give you two. Let's, I'm going to give you pretend, two options to pick. Uh, hold on. Let's pretend that you have a ten thousand square foot shop, and you're going to have to. You're moving, and you're going into a five thousand square foot shop with no real storage. Okay. Oh, okay. Does well, that, that was those are the numbers I was going to shoot for. I was going to say I'm. I really okay. have about a fifteen hundred square foot shop that I'm using right now because the other half of the barn I'm not using. So okay. fifty. So we could go from fifteen hundred to seven fifty, or we could go. My workshop itself is about seven hundred square feet, so we could go seven hundred to three fifty. Your choice. I feel I feel like that makes it a more interesting challenge. But you but you're not going to have storage now. You're gonna, you're going down to like a big garage basically. Well, so I'm, I'm going to leave all my stuff under tarps out in the backyard like I used to. So, 
because Makes sense. that's if we're if we're doing if we're going to seven hundred square feet, that means. But but, that. There, but there's obviously there's going to be some things that you can't leave out in the backyard, right? Under a tarp. Well, that's not true either because Duressa has been doing that for years. There's, there's <laughs> definitely things you don't want to leave scenes. out in the backyard. I mean, <laughs> you just buy some PB blaster in uh, in in quantity, you'll be fine. But the, what the idea is that you're you're going to have to downsize what your capabilities are, right? I mean, that's, sure. that's what Phil said from the beginning. It's like you you are set. You've got a, yeah. you're outfitted to make amazing things. What if some of those things? So that's where we're at. Yeah. Right. Okay. So for those of you who have never seen one of my videos or my ro- most recent shop tour, um, first of all, shame on you. <laughs> um, second of all. Uh, I will sort of describe what my setup looks like. It's a two-car garage, but I have exclusivity. Um, I am master of only half of it. And so I have half of the width, like that wall. Basically, it's up until where the garden hose is. And then um, and then so that runs the length of the garage. Well, wish, so let's say it's about... I wish someone invented some way to quantify space besides measuring in where garden hoses are. Do you have any okay, let numbers? Me, I mean, that's that was metric. That was metric. I'll do it imperial. It's 10 feet. Thank you. <laughs> it's 10 feet by 18 feet. So it's 180 <sighs> square feet. But the reason I'm saying that is because it's not a single car garage with 180 feet and four walls. Right. right? It's two walls and then so the the fourth wall let's say which would run the length is open so that i can't hang any cabinetry there's nothing it's just a it's just open space and then the far wall is a garage door so there's very little that i can do there at all so basically it's a series of wood racks that i just sort of pile my wood at i've got cubbies that i've got there for smaller scraps and then i've got a little um i guess it's a bin for where i put my longer pieces and so um I've well, for, the, for those of us who are Neanderthalic, and, and I love I love all the detail, but you're basically saying you're kind of in a less than 200 square feet now, mm-hmm. right? With two walls. So what if, yeah. again, you had to move. It, it, you, we're going to give you some free walls, so you're going to have 400 square well, feet. Well, I take the whole garage, yeah. yeah, you're, you're, yeah. So let me take the whole garage. Feet. Your wife decides to park in the driveway from now on. She says you're going to have the whole thing. Kid's stuff is going under a right. tarp with Tim's stuff. Go. Right. So now you <laughs> go. You, go. Right. you have 400 square feet. So... Um, I think the first thing I would do is I would um, is I would create a milling station, basically. So right, so I, I have a jointer, so that's fine. The planer, I'm getting rid of uh, my lunchbox, and I'm getting probably a 13 or 15 inch, but like you know one of these things that are belt driven with a real motor, with you know not a universal screaming, but a you know a proper a proper motor. Um, and then uh, dust collector, I'm good. I maybe would, depending on what I'm making. So that's the thing. A lot of this has to do with what you make. And so, and since I do YouTube videos, not as many as I'd like, but I do, the way my shop is organized now is essentially that empty space where the kid stuff is, is where the camera goes. So I've oriented my entire shop to be a a studio, essentially, right? And so everything that's important kind of faces that side of it. And so I think it would be a little bit of a challenge, but to keep this thing on pace... Uh, planer, I'd add. Probably, um, I'd do inbuilt dust collection for all the big tools and piping and stuff because I don't have that right now. I basically have the dust collector going to uh, the table saw because that's the only tool that I really use that uses it right now. Uh, if I had my planer, does have the chute and I'll move the the uh, the hose to it when I need to, but otherwise, 
it doesn't get used. Um, that's that's probably and maybe and maybe I would get a. Um, I like the drum sander. That 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 thing probably shaves off a good amount of time. And if there's still some room left over, I'd upgrade the size of the CNC machine. Excellent. In that order. Planer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. No, not in that. I would do planer. Then I would do. Um, what did I say? I said planer dust collection. Mm. A drum sander. And CNC. Then drum. Oh yeah. Then CNC. Yeah. So, so the last thing I would do is the dust collection then, because I can move the hoses around. Yeah. If I had to. Okay. Okay. Let's go to. Let's save Tim for last because he's probably going to be the most interesting. Go ahead. Well, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of us arguing. <laughs> I think. More than likely. <laughs> uh, so, so my shop is. Uh, it, it is a 1950s two-car garage, so you really couldn't fit, even if it was empty, two normal day cars in it now. So yeah. it's 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 weird, but it's it's okay. So if we just think, uh, I'm guessing maybe 250 square feet, something like that. You know, somewhere in there. I don't know. But if I doubled it, if I if I had twice the space I have now, honestly, what I the, what I would do is I would bite the bullet. I would I would. Um, address my fear, and I would get me the CNC mostly the the, C, the the CNC that I have now, which is about eighty percent. I would actually build that out, and I build it out with enough room because that would be plenty of room because I think it's like a three by five or a four by six or something. So that's a good size CNC. Build that out, wow. and then I would keep going with that. And I would like to have a CNC plasma table, and I would like to have a laser. Mm. Right, mm. so the other half of my shop would be dedicated to me learning how to make computers Cut listen stuff. to me and what I yeah. want them to do. Basically, interesting. So it's, it, there's, yeah, I, I think that would be fun. I don't really need anything else on what I have now, as far as woodworking or cutting metal up. You know, I have basically everything I would want. I don't care about dust collection so much. I don't care about uh, a drum sander. Um, if I had those things, that would be awesome. But if I'm if I'm doubling the space that I have, then I would absolutely put in those things to make me not have an excuse not to learn how to do them. What about the layout of the shop? How would that change? Not much differently. I would I, obviously I'd have. Um, yeah, I think. It, it, well, first of all, I would clear out more of the garbage that's in here because I can I can still make more room now because I'm I'm imagining three good size tables like CNC tables in a row on you know I'm, I'm thinking of like an air hockey table size so if I had three of those running the length down each one doing a different thing um, the only difference in layout would be just organizing better what I already have I don't, I, I don't, well don't me, you think you wouldn't matter. need to wheel everything out of the into the driveway if you had that much more space but I, I and that's the reason why you don't care about dust collection, right? Because you could usually do stuff true, outside. But I don't. I, I've I've eliminated a lot of the things that I wheel out in the garage out of the garage now. So the only thing I really okay. move out of the way is just stuff that I'm not actually using. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Because before it was right. like I had the only thing I have now that wheels out there is my. I have one cart that has my my sanders on it, my little spindle sander and a grinder. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no belt sander, spindle sander. Um, and then my planer is on it. So those that I pull out in the driveway when I use it. But I don't use it that often. And I'm thinking if I'm doing something on the CNC uh, for any time in the near future, for at least a good year or so, I'm going to be 
I'm not going to be like, okay, push, run, and then go do other stuff like Tim can do now because he's got all the experience. I'm going to have to sit there and be fascinated and watch it for 45 minutes and then tell yeah. myself that I don't want to make a video of that because nobody else wants to watch 45 minutes of the CNC going back and forth. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's mesmerizing well, at first. <laughs> right. T- take a look at how Wesley Treat does CNC videos. Right? Because he does them in a way that they become in. You're not watching it for 45 minutes. You're watching it for like 20 seconds and then he oh, no, shows no. you I mean, that's how, how you and film what. everything. I mean, that's how you film yeah. everything. What I'm saying is for sure. like as far as how the, the, flow, the workflow and everything, to me it wouldn't matter at this point. I'm just trying to make a space, basically an area in the garage uh, to learn how to use these machines. That's going to take up all right. of my time for the foreseeable future. Right. I was just thinking though, no dust collection on a 4 by 6 foot CNC machine? You imagine what that's going to well, be like? See, I, I, you know, now that you just said that, you're right. So I'm thinking of just dust collection now. I have my shop vac. When I use my table saw, I stick it underneath that, and I blow it out with the thing. You're right. I would have to have some kind of dust, I would assume. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of it's kind of a nightmare. Sometimes when I do videos for, like, Vectric and, and Avid and stuff, and by the way, Corey, lis- off. Corey listened to our uh, our CNC thing, and he, and he said if to uh, for me to give you his number if you want to talk about the CNC stuff that you have to see if he can help you out. Uh, putting that ah. together, um, I don't know. I mean, I know you don't have the space right now necessarily, but it's worth it's worth discussing. It's I know that what you have is older and they've changed formats, but but uh, did 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 Corey want to talk to me at all? Or no, he had no interest in talking to you. <laughs> he, didn't say, he didn't say anything about me. No, no, no he had no interest in talking to you. Because um, he's got eighty, I got like zero, so I feel like it'd be a more interesting journey. <laughs> But uh, yeah, like sometimes I'll take the boot off because I'm filming to you know for the videos for the companies and stuff, and yeah, it's a nightmare. Like not that the boot gets everything, um, you know, but it gets enough. But it gets it gets enough to where it, it at least knocks it down, and it gets a lot of the fine particulates because uh, they go up easy. You know, if they're if you are making dust, which I, you're not really supposed to make dust. I can see myself the CNC, standing but. there with my cordless DeWalt blower as it's running, just blowing stuff. Anywhere, I don't care because I'm, yeah. I'm so fascinated with what this thing's doing. Look, I made it cut a straight line all by myself. Yeah, no, it's cool. I sit there with the hose of the dust collector yeah. while it's going. And follow it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I That's... remember seeing Jimmy's videos when he first started using CNC. He didn't have the dust collection, so he's you can see him in there with a with the uh, car vacuum attachment. You know, for your getting in between your car seats, following yeah, yeah, yeah. the head of the or the spindle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, sorry. All right, Tim. Now you. This is going to be event. more interesting for you because. So I'm you're, downsizing. You're, you're depleting your shop, and that's. I I would think that's going to be super hard because you haven't you haven't peaked yet, brother. I, I love you, but you haven't peaked yet. You're still learning a lot of the things that you've recently gotten. You're learning how to employ them all together. You, I mean, I don't think you've hmm. reached the full potential of what you have, and I don't think you're gonna. You're not stopping getting new cool stuff yet because you're still growing in popularity in your channel and the sponsors and everything. So this is going to be tough for you to have to imagine that. But I have faith in you. Go. Um, it's something I've thought about uh, quite a bit, actually, because, you know, before, like the reason I started doing this whole truck project is that I was thinking about moving out of my shop into a more retail friendly space. And, um, and so what I was picturing is finding a building where I could have like 200 square feet that were like a showroom. And then the rest of it be workshop. And there's some places I looked at. And everything I was looking at was either ridiculously huge. It was like, you know, a million square feet in some old abandoned building. Or it was something that was smaller. And there was this one building that was um, up the street from me. It's been empty for like 20-something years. And it actually just finally sold and someone's moving into it. And it was an old, uh, like, convenience store. And I liked it because of the location. 
it was just right up the street from me, but it's in a residential neighborhood and, um, and it was cheap, you know, uh, like that. Uh, but it was only about the entire building was like 888 square feet or something like that. Um, so that's substantially smaller. And then I wanted to take 200 square feet of it for showroom. So that was making it so my shop would be substantially smaller. Um, so I was already thinking about that, like what I would do. And so it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a, uh, a collector of hobbies, so, so to speak. Like I'm, I'm in, you know, I just like learning new things and stuff. But at the end of the day, if you talk about my business, it's actually pretty easy to figure out what I would get rid of because 99% of my metalworking stuff, I, I don't really use that for making guitars. Like, I mean, I, a little bit here and there, <clears> but I don't need two welders. You know what I mean? Like I, I could get rid of them. Like I, I love having them, uh, you know, but how I, much, I, how much space do they really take up though? I don't think you're solving any problems. Well, we, you start, I'm just starting and you get into the, uh, <laughs> you get into the gas cans and stuff too. Like I have that, I have Phil's welder, that hundred dollar welder. Like I could just totally yeah. just have that welder for the times that I need to stick metal together and it weighs nothing. You can pick it up and put it away. There's no gas cans. There's like a lot less paraphernalia. I could use that. Um, and my, you know, my plasma well, cutter too, same thing. Like I love having it. He less space now because he doesn't have a welder, so you don't need as much room in your new shop. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. yeah. This is funny. Yeah, works out yeah. pretty well. Um, this is yeah. But I mean, but it's waiting for those borders to open. <laughs> 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 yeah, excuses, excuses. Um, soon, I think actually. Uh, yeah, soon. Um, so like, so like that's that whole sort of corner. Then also in that section, I have like a metal lathe, like that I like I don't I hardly ever use that thing. And I don't need that. Speaking of lathes, I have my wood lathe. Like, it's this great old, you know, Delta wood lathe. Like, I have, I actually push it out of my shop because I haven't used it in years. I don't want to get rid of it because it's nice to have a lathe and I can always push it back in and plug it in if I need it. But I don't need it. I'll, you know, I mean, I don't use it. So all that stuff could go. Um, but one of the things about having space, uh, like when I moved into that shop, I was like, oh, this place is huge. I'll never fill this up. And of course I did. Um, and, it, and so it's like a double-edged sword. Part of the reason it's full is because I'm not organized. I didn't have to be organized. When I, like one of the things I decided when I built the shop is I'm never going to bend over to get anything. I'm, everything's going to be at waist level. You know what I mean? So because I don't want to have to grab a lunchbox planer off the floor and pick it up three times a day because they're heavy. You know. So I mm-hmm. have like all this lower space in my shop I've never really fully utilized. Um, so it, you know, like I have angle grinders scattered everywhere. I have you know hand sanders, all that stuff. I could probably like I have like three cabinets worth of stuff that I could fit in the one cabinet if I picked through it and got rid of you know a few little things here and there that I don't need um yeah so stuff like that uh and then of course if I if space is really tight I would need to um I I would need to get rid of the you know probably the big the big planer and the and the jointer you know if things got really tight but I think I wouldn't need to do that if I was not a jerk about the amount of crap I pick up off the side of the road (laughs) you know (laughs) just whittling that down like like you bill you went through that when you really started getting the making and you were experiencing that uh the 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 excitement of of trash picking and and i've i haven't been picking stuff for years and years uh really and except for good stuff but because you know i have this and so like i could be i could be more frugal with the way i hold material and the way i source material i would have less Mm -hmm. stuff laying around like i wouldn't buy a side of a barn for a great price knowing that eventually I'd make coffee tables out of it like I would I just have to work differently but I think that put it another way put it another way 
because <clears throat> I get what you're saying. You're just you're slowly picking and choosing mm. and getting rid of stuff. You mentioned that if you were doing this with the sole purpose of like, okay, I don't have to make coffee tables anymore. I'm just gonna, I, I got a smaller space. Yeah. I don't have all this extra room. I'm, turn, I'm, I'm guitars only. Making guitars. Right. What would what would you really need as far as all the tools? You, obviously, the metal working stuff you don't really need. Yeah, you you know you got Ganya. If you ever had to go to somebody's shop and you need a metal worker yeah. stuff, you can just borrow him. So all that stuff goes away. You said the metal lathe, even the wood lathe, you probably never really used it to make a guitar. So think of it with that mindset. What tools and what what amazing tools do you have now that you wouldn't part with because you well, are making this a business operation, a guitar right, making so business. If so, if I were to start sort of build it from the ground up, there are the basic woodworking tools, the table saw, the jointer, and the planer, of course, that are very useful in, in any kind of woodworking. Uh, and then the bandsaw, of course. Uh, I would actually like to have a bigger bandsaw that has, I only have a six inch throat mm. right now, you know, uh, for, for ripping. And, but um, R- real yeah. quick, um, so you said the table saw. Now, with the CNC, and I'm, because I, I don't know, and that's why I'm asking, but with the CNC, yeah. couldn't you use your, your skill saw just to rip down things to a certain size and actually use the CNC itself to, to make those? Uh, sure. Cuts? Well, that's kind of what I, was, right? what I was getting to is that, like, depending upon the space, like, in, in essence, I would probably build it around the CNC machine because I'm just really into it. Um, and it is, it is a pretty useful tool. There's, there's downsides to CNC versus hand tools, like time and stuff, you know. Sometimes the hand tools are just faster, sure, or the power tools. Um, so, yeah, in theory, I could get raw lumber, and I could do all of those operations on my CNC. Uh, I, could, I could S4S it on the CNC. But there's a lot of time and setup, and there's a, there's the machine is running, and if that machine is running, you can't do other things. So it does still make sense to have the table saw. I do a lot of glue-ups. And then, He's not moving into a closet. He still has. Yeah, room. I saw a few underscores. No, no, I feet. know, but I'm just I'm yeah. trying to imagine in my head what it would be like. Because I don't understand the laser, the CNC, those types of tools. So I'm thinking if he has a shop mm-hmm. just making guitars, do you really need this? But as soon as you said that, it's like, yeah, well, it, it might take half an hour to cut a piece of wood on the CNC, and I can run it through my table saw, square it up in, in ten minutes. So I get that. that right. Well, like now. take the take the um, take the planer for instance like I can I could level and plane everything on my CNC and it's actually really easy to set that up and do it but it takes like literally like 30 times as long like to, versus passing it through a lunchbox you know what it's, I mean it's hundreds of movements as compared to just going One. and running it yeah. through right? yeah. yeah so it doesn't but like what well, I, I just I just have a crazy question because we're talking right now about Tim essentially hyper specializing in just guitar making and like you got into guitar making like I, obviously you've made them before but like at this level for maybe a year what if next year you decide that this is not the thing and all of a sudden you've gotten rid of like all of these very useful tools well so I, can you specialize in guitars while maintaining a general wood shop yeah i've been heading this way for a little more than a year it's been a couple years now but um but i'm not good with time i don't know yeah whatever you know but um yeah i mean there's the you know the guitar workshop is a woodworking shop. It has basic woodworking tools, you know. Um, there are things like, you know, like my scroll saw. Like, I use my scroll saw all the time. But if I ran out of space, I could do without that. I could do it, you know, by hand or whatever. Um, or get a smaller one. Because those are like, you know, making little parts. It's a quick, easy way to cut. So there's a lot of those types of tools that, you know, if I needed to, I could get away without having. I'd get one of those. Uh, scroll saws are great. They're they're handy. I had one. I got rid of it because of the space. It's right, funny. exactly. That's And it's something I actually have my scroll saw like in the sort of main working area because I do just run over and cut stuff on it real quick you know but um mm-hmm. and then you know my laser would be something I'd, I'd really want to make room for because uh it's such a great way to 
to prototype and cut things quickly. I just, I freaking love that thing. I'm just into that tech Plus right just, now. Plus just the yeah. branding and the customizing of, you know, putting Tim Sway or new, new Perspective music on the guitar itself with the lasers. It's kind of nice to be able to do Yeah, but my, my favorite part about it is just like, um, you know, like I'm designing a pocket for like a part. And I just, I throw a holocore door piece in and I can just cut it out and I can hold it up and see if the part fits. And now I know that pocket's right so I can move it over my CNC file and I know it's going to fit perfectly and I'm not wasting wood. And I'm not setting up the whole CNC, which is a little bit more setup time, you know, and all that stuff. So it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, it fits. You know, I, so I, almost everything I make now, I cut out of a holocore door on the laser first. Um, you know, just to just to feel it and look at it in, in real size and, and stuff. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's really handy. So yeah, that's I mean that's what I would do is I'd basically I'd basically strip away the, a lot of the the fabrication and the metalworking stuff that I don't use as much and just really focus it on a CNC center centered shop with basic woodworking tools hmm. and better organization and not being a jerk like I have been <laughs> just throwing stuff everywhere. <laughs> it's, right. it's bad in there right now. Yeah. So now, how much can Phil and I split with everything you get rid of? Is it going to be by lottery, or who pays for shipping? Or yeah. I think it, I think yeah, it's going to be a good question. I think it's going to be a death match, like a celebrity <laughs> death match, I think. boxing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Bill, you could have the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun okay. Stuff, fun stuff. Uh, Neat we're perspectives. Starting to, we're starting to run late, and we have a few more segments to get to, including our segment that we've announced in the past. Um, we've been announcing for a few weeks, but we finally had someone take us up on it. And this is our, our call-in section where we are welcoming people to call us in and ask questions. And uh, so here's our first. Let, yeah. Wait, before we do that, I just want to remind everyone how they can do that. So all you need to do is on your phone, basically, either your Android or iPhone, you just record. It's just a voice note. And then you can attach it to an email and send it to info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Right. We didn't bother setting up a phone line uh, because we don't... I don't think it's necessary. We don't need to deal with that. 2020. No. Who uses the phone as a phone anymore? I don't know. I know. Um, But so so our our world traveler friend John Made It has uh, given us our first voicemail. So let's have a listen and see what his question is and see if we can answer it. Hi, guys. I'd like to apologize for the lack of iTunes review reviews. It's been difficult to travel around the world in alphabetical order and leave reviews at the moment due to the, the current situation. Anyway, you asked for some voicemails, but I can't remember what you wanted in the voicemail. So obviously I'm going to abuse this um, request. And just to like leave a reminder for myself that I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Thank you. I uh, hope the podcast doesn't come out late because if it does, then my reminder is going to be late. Oh well. Anyway, thank you guys. Bye. We don't actually have to wait the whole time, do we? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we're, we're editing that in the post. So okay. So now we're- movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. Was that Wayne's World? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks, John. Um, anyways, I hope that reminder was helpful to you. Yeah, John, you have a doctor's appointment. Done. Yeah. Well, I just okay. I, I hope people learn from this. Um, 
we are probably the most helpful podcasters out there. There's 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 Straight reasons up. why we ask you to support us on Patreon. It's because of things like this. You can't get this kind of service anywhere else in the world. And I, I'm really not trying to brag. I'm just saying seriously, folks. We want to be here for you. Be here for us. That's all. It's just help me help you yeah. help, help me. me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can I help you help me more? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be helpful here. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, John. And uh, anybody else who has any questions you, um, or just doesn't know how to set their alarm on their phone, just give us a call. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> um, iTunes review review. We have one. We have several. Yeah, let's just do, do one it. this week. Maybe because um, they've been kind of scarce lately. We better spread these out. We might not get another one for a while. And and we're running long. Yeah, um, we got the backcountry booter here, and the title is "Rainbow Guppies and Hollow Cord Doors." What? And the review goes as follows: This podcast is chock full of great information and motivates me to get back into the garage to make something. Wow. That's the whole thing. It was actually just really nice. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was waiting for a punchline nope. that was not not there. You know, just It was just complimentary. These are, none of these are know. long and written in foreign languages. We could actually probably do them all. I didn't realize that they were... I didn't know. I didn't see that there was another one. That's the only new one I see. No, oh, no, we have more. We have two more. Yeah. You have yeah. to hit refresh. Oh. Control V. <laughs> Control V. Control V. <laughs> I don't see. It. Is it one of them wigwag workshop? Yep. Yep. So that's a uh, wigwag workshop. Okay. Wrote uh, look at things different with five stars. Awesome podcast. Uh, thanks to these three cats, I look at that pile of quote trash at the curb and think, is there anything in that pile I can make something useful with? Love the interaction between the hosts. They are always good for a laugh as well. Um, has sparks ideas and to get out into the workshop and make something. Be well, guys. Thank you very much, Wigwag Workshop. You're a uh, longtime uh, viewer of my stuff, I know, and supporter of our podcast. Uh, or well, listener you, of our podcast, yeah. yeah appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, and then the, the final one is the uh, title is Best Maker Podcast, which nobody can argue with that. Hands, uh, obviously. Northwest, yeah, yeah, Northwest Creator. Um, so the hmm. Best Maker Podcast, hands down. I listen to most of them, and none are as entertaining as this one. Chemistry between these three is awesome. Probably why they have been doing this so long. Keep it up, boys. Thank you for the weekly entertainment. See, again. You're welcome, everybody, and thank you, everybody. It's all one big everybody. Thank you. It's Yeah, these are actually all nice, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't get it. What, what's going yeah, what's on? The, what's oh, because John had to do a phone call. That's why he didn't have time to write a review. Yeah. That's what happened. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Do you want you want to power through the tip, or uh, what do you want to do there? Um, I have a quick tip. I was actually thinking it could be okay. a, a topic, uh, too, and so I'll give it as a tip and see if you think we should make it a topic, or actually maybe listeners could let us know if they think it would be a topic, but my wife, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, the, in the COVID era, being in the home a lot, has been going uh, nuts doing spring cleaning, it's also that time of year, you know, and trying to just get rid of things, but we, of course, don't like to throw things away, and, uh, you know, goodwill is always an option, but so what she's been doing is using uh, Facebook Marketplace and FreeCycle. Uh, freecycle.org um, to just give stuff away um, mm-hmm. and she's been very successful with it and enjoying it and uh, also picking up a few things that way here and there because she's just into these things and so there's this you know as reclaimers like we talk about how we pick stuff up and 
and it, just because someone else threw it away and you pick it up, maybe someone else will take it from you if you never find a use for it. You go to throw it away. Maybe try giving it away first again. You know what I mean? And, and it, you know, just stuff you already have as well. Don't be afraid. Yeah. To, if you, you know, because none of us want to be wasteful type thing. Right. None of us want to be wasteful, and that's why we that's yeah. why we save stuff. And I hate throwing things away, but I also hate it when my shop looks like it does now, and I hate it when the walls are closing in on me with garbage and clutter. Uh, yeah. and so there might be other people that could really use that. And uh, you know, what my, my wife does is she most of the time she puts it in a paper bag with their name on it or or whatever, or just out in the driveway. We just put it on the driveway. They just come pick it up. We never have to even you know worry about sharing COVID germs or whatever. You know, and just. Hmm. It's been uh, it's been a great experience. We do that, we do that a lot with um with our baby stuff, right? So kids stuff. Our youngest is, right. is he's gonna be three in uh, in like a week, and so he's in his big boy bed, so he doesn't need his crib, didn't need his changing table anymore, uh, and uh, I need one less car seat because my daughter is now uh, too big for a car seat. She now goes into a booster, so we put it out into Facebook Marketplace, but more than. More specifically, we go. My wife puts it on like this, uh, this Montreal Mummies group. So yep. it's all like it's like thirty thousand moms or whatever on there. And she's like, "Car seat, take it." Well, that's and then, you know someone will come by and take it. So like, and I'm ha- I'm much happier to do that than to sell it or to leave it on the curb. I'd rather it get to somebody who really needs it. Like this stuff's expensive. Who's, who's you know? looking and, like, for it? We've gotten our yeah. you know we've gotten our fill of it. You know we've got three kids that were had their little butts wiped on this changing table. Let it go to somebody who needs it, you know? Exactly, because when you just put it on the curb, guys like us might just pick it up because it can turn it into a lamp, <laughs> right? Which is, yeah, which is no, great. I swear to God that you're absolutely right. But, like, I was thinking, maybe I'll turn this into a desk. Right. But then I was like, you know what? Someone could really use it as a changing right, table. Right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. And so, like, I almost feel like that's the last resort before the dump, you know, is, like, the, the curb. It so, is. So I'm saying before yeah. the curb, before it goes to us, where we may or may not do something with it, we might just pack right it with all the other stuff we pick up for free. See if there's a person that needs it. And I, and I kept saying Facebook Marketplace, but what I really meant was um, it's a local group. It's like a, a town-specific group, uh, you, you know, and there's... there's on Facebook. On Facebook, though. and administrators let them yeah. in. And, and so, you know, it's not like as kind of sketchy as, like, you know, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace can get sometimes. And this, well, every town Facebook has a Facebook Marketplace is good because at least you're, you're seeing who that person is. Right, you actually right. see the person. Yeah. You see the Craigslist profile, is right? different. Yeah. Yeah, you can check yeah. their profile. And you know where they live and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And if their profile looks weirdos. suspicious, then you just move on, you know? Um, mm-mm, yeah. mm-mm, that guy's purple. Yeah. I don't believe in purple. Yep. Forget Good it. Good tips. Good tips. Yeah. 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 Um, and if we're going to continue powering through, what grabbed your attention this week? I'll go. Oh. Uh, mine are quick and easy. Um, uh, I said I was helping the dads move stuff, so I took the tonneau cover off of my truck. Uh, I have one of those hard covers that folds in three. Well, I took it completely off knowing that I was going to be filling the truck up back and forth. Uh, I haven't put it back on yet, and I've noticed driving around, uh, went to a trip today, we went grocery shopping on the freeway, oh my goodness, the, the wind resistance to the back yeah. of an open bed truck is insane, so my recommendation is get some kind of a cover. If you don't, most of us don't use our trucks every single day, so the cover, I left it on there, and the gas mileage is better, the wind resistance is better, everything about it is better, and you have a gigantic trunk that you can lock things in. Or at least my tailgate does have a lock on it. So, again, I mean, it's just, it blows. I will never again go without a cover on the back of my truck. It's just so, that that's what caught my oh, attention. Oh, you got a ton of? I've had it. I've had it for a while, but I took it off to do something. Uh, hadn't put okay. it back on yet. And I've been driving around the day, and it was a little bit windy. And it's like, it's blowing my truck everywhere. And I got a 250, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a parachute. Difference. I yeah. forgot what it was like. 
to have that yeah. tonneau cover on there because I put it on. Before I got the tonneau cover, all my truck, I've never had a truck that had a tonneau cover on it. So I was like, eh, no big deal. You don't realize it. Boy, I did today. I was driving around and go, holy smokes, the wind hitting the back of that truck, the gas mileage. I watched that truck gas needle move going about 40 miles uh, going 40 miles one way and back and I was like oh my goodness I don't use up that kind of gas it's that tonneau cover yep. trust me yeah makes yeah. a big difference 100% and then the, the other Crazy. thing that caught my attention is uh, you know I love bubbly water LaCroix is okay now I'm onto this brand called Waterloo I might have mentioned them before but Waterloo bubbly is so good watermelon black cherry uh, cherry lemon lime all the, all the normal stuff and blueberry which is amazing but when you crack this thing it's there's still no sugar salt Carb, you know, none of the bad stuff in it, and this is just a great brand. So, for all the guys out there that are getting into this uh, bubbly water, check out Waterloo. Okay. Hmm. And we'll expect to be seeing Tim? our percentage of that check. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> Pretty chilly. Um, I have uh, two things. Well, three things actually, because the one I thought I thought Bill was going to say, um, but like I was saying about like I'm trying to learn more about the elephant. Um, <laughs> so one is um, Dave Chappelle's special uh, that oh, he put up on on the it's on the Netflix as a joke channel uh, on YouTube. Uh, Dave Chappelle's quote comedy special, which is not funny, but it's absolutely worth watching. The other just, is just um, Google Dave Chappelle eight forty six. That's all. Yeah, just Google, just Google Dave Chappelle. It'll come right to the top. It's gone. It's gone nuts. Right. But um, the other one is um, Emmanuel Acho. He's a football player. And he has a, a he started a thing on YouTube is called conversation awkward conversations with a black man, and he's only got two videos out so far. And one of them is just him sort of answering questions that people have asked him over the years, um, and the other one is him with um, what's his name? All right, all right, all right. Um, uh, oh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Him and Matthew McConaughey having like a fifteen minute conversation where Matthew asks him just questions about being a black man in America today and they just have this just sort of you know frank and crazy and it's not super what's awkward. the name it's called awkward conversations with a black man um okay so it's on he has started that on YouTube and then the other thing I watched was a documentary on Netflix called the 13th about the 13th amendment which was super interesting and and and, and uh, eye-opening um about just the the you know the end of slavery and uh, and the sort of exp- just hearing the perspective of people, and and it's I mean they have everybody from Newt Gingrich in here, like to to all sorts of prominent you know African American and black figures. Uh, they they talk to a lot of people at about a, a lot of different angles, um, and lambast just about everybody in history. It doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you tend to lean, <laughs> your side got got bashed too for uh, not being responsive to the. Uh, the problems of black Americans in America and the criminalization and the police, uh, I'm sorry, not the police, but the prison system, especially really gets into that. Uh, very, mm. very interesting. Very interesting to watch. So those are my recommendations for uh, opening your mind a little bit this week. Okay. Uh, mine is a little bit more makery, I guess. Um, it's a very, very tiny channel. Uh, it's Josh Wright. W-R-I-G-H-T He's got like 3,000 subs But he just did a video A um, couple days ago It's called Making a Scrap Wood Workbench And it's basically a full Sculpted Rubo bench Made out of Scrap wood And when I say scrap wood I mean like Scrap wood Like it's inch by inch By whatever length Like all kinds of different lengths And he glues them up 
into these giant blanks, and then he mills them down. So for the legs, it could be made out of like 47 different pieces of <laughs> inch by inch by 6 inches by 12 inches by 2 inches. And it must be more glue than wood. But anyways, um, it's killer. Yeah. Killer. You must be watching um, too many so Paul Jackman videos. I was saying, it sounds like Jackman making a workbench, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, this is really nice, though. Phil <laughs> um, <laughs> wins the internet like- for the day. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it's, I guess I should stop saying things now. But anyways, it's and obviously Paul makes beautiful things. But this was really, really cool. I liked it. Um, and um, that's about all she wrote. Our websites are williamlutz.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, or to leave us one of these voice notes. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at reclaimedaudio. iTunes, um, we will read any five-star review, even if it's complimentary. So go ahead and do that. Um, there's an easy way to do that. If you go to our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, there's a button on there. You click it. It launches iTunes and Bob's Your Uncle. Patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio, or there's a button on our website as well, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. And, of course, Patreon is the best way to keep us on the air and uh, coming back at you with all these great nuts and bolts episodes like we did today. I enjoyed this one. I feel like we could do this episode again next week. There's still so much more to cover. Oh, yeah, because we could just change the size of the shops. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, it's now a 50-foot closet. Go. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it all has to fit into, like, a bread box, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So basically, like, you know, a Stanley knife. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so actually that would be a good topic. 50-foot shop, go. Yeah. All right, I'm writing it down. I think that should be next week. Well, so we, we have a week we to think about it. We can do an everyday carry topic, too. Like, if you didn't have your shop and you had to go somewhere, what would you take with you? Oh, dude, I'm, I'm on it. I'll write that down. Easy. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, that's Easy it. peasy, lemon squeezy. Everyone have a great week. Bye, everybody. Be good. Really, seriously, be good. <laughs>